Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. We're excited you're here, and we hope today's message encourages you, builds your faith, and brings you hope for the future. May God bless you as you listen in to today's message. Let's get into the Word. You have your message today, your, your, your sermon notes. I want to call this Trust or Bust, and that's what I'm calling it today. I told you I want to talk about trust over these next couple of weeks, and so today is part one of Trust or Bust. You know, Cheryl was reminiscing about you know, being with our grandkids. And how many of you know you talk about those things that are dear to your heart? What's dear to your heart you're going to talk about. I hope and pray that your priority, your number one thing that's dear to your heart is obviously God. So everywhere I go and every time I got an opportunity, I tell people about Jesus. Yesterday I told my whole testimony to this couple that we were with yesterday at the ice cream shop. And, man, we got late. We were out on the trails for over eight hours. And a part of it was because I was telling my testimony about who Jesus was in my life. You're going to talk about that which is dear to your heart. Out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth's going to speak. And so, you know, a lot of times what you do, you talk about that. So one of the things that I love to talk about over this last week and a half, I had a chance to go over our vacation. And I know you probably sound like a broken record, but you talk about what's dear to your heart. And so I had a chance to go over my vacation with like five grandkids. And I'll tell you, I have nine grandkids, but we have five of the oldest. And I'll tell you, we had such a great time. I'm not kidding, just a great, great time. But one of the things that Cheryl mentioned about Jesus and about the other things she mentioned about Silver Dollar City, man, my thing was is that Silver Dollar City. It was amazing. We were supposed to go on this certain day, but it, we got rained out, so we had to postpone it for three more days. And finally, after three more days, we finally got to go to Silver Dollar City. And if you don't know what Silver Dollar City is, it's like a Six Flags or Six Flags Great America in Illinois. So it's an amusement park with all kinds of roller coasters and all kinds of rides and amusement things and shows and lots of food and just everything. So we finally got the chance to go to Silver Dollar City. And the kids, man, they were all crazy. Courageous and man, they thought they were big, bad, and everything. I'm gonna go on the biggest roller coaster, and I'm gonna go on this ride. I can't wait. And they're comparing each other. Well, Riley, I'm 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 more brave than you are. No, you aren't. Yes, I am. No, you're not. And they were comparing back and forth over the next four days. Finally, we arrived at Silver Dollar City. We pulled up in the parking lot. And I mean to tell you, those five kids' eyes, they got big as baseball. Wow, look at that one. I'm going on that one. And I mean to tell you, you should have seen they were excited. Finally, we got closer and closer because you had to walk a mile from the parking lot, right? And we finally got closer to the, to the park. They see the roller coasters, and they're like, did we just see Goliath? And I mean to tell you, all of a sudden, their heart from joy just kind of sunk. So we walked into the park, and we went to the, the, the first big roller coaster. And all of a sudden, the kid said, Papa, uh, I, I, I don't want to go on that one. What do, you, what do you mean you don't want to go on that one? I, 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 I don't want to go on that one. I say, you sure? Oh, no, no. I, you know, look, I, I'd rather go on some other ones. So I said, okay, that's all okay with me because Papa's got a weak stomach, so that's all right with me, right? So you know what happened? We started going and say, kids, it's okay. You can trust us. You can trust us. Papa and Amma wouldn't put you on a roller coaster that's going to hurt you. We aren't going to hurt you. We're not going to put you on something that's going to maybe cause damage to your body or to you. You can trust us. So what we did is we went on a medium-sized roller coaster. And I mean to tell you, before you get on a roller coaster, you got to measure your height. And so all five of our kids would run 
to the height board, and they would put their fingers at the top of their head. Oh, Zion, you can do it. Oh, Miles, you can do it. And they went through one, one, two, three, four, five. Oh, we all can do it. Hey, all right. And so finally we get on this roller coaster, and we're waiting in line. You have to wait 35 minutes to get on this ride. The closer we got to getting on the ride, obviously the fear started creeping up. Oh, Papa, I just changed my mind. I, 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 I don't want to go. I, I, I don't want to go. No, Papa, I, I, I decided I don't. Oh, come on, Zion, you can make it. So we finally, all of us got on, including my wife, we got on this roller coaster. And then when we got done riding the roller coaster, the kids were all excited. Oh, that was great. Oh, Papa. Then we went to the next roller coaster. It was a little bigger. Papa, you sure? Yeah, you can, you can trust us. Obviously, they got on the roller coaster, and they rode it. And after we rode th three roller coasters, by that time of them trusting us and knowing that it was going to be okay, they got their confidence up. And the Bible says in Hebrews, don't throw away your confidence because it will be richly rewarded to you. And so what happened was all of a sudden, their confidence got up, man, and they trusted us, and they believed that it was going to be okay. They would not wait for us. Now they would run to the next roller coaster. But all along, we had to keep saying, you can trust us. In life, in life, if you have your notes, life is like a lot of different roller coasters, some big and some small. But in, in that ride of life, God's words to you is, you can trust me. You can trust me. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to lead you down a dead end. I'm not going to discourage you. I'm not going to reject you. I'm not going to talk about you. This is a safe place. It's me and you. You can trust me. But a lot of times people have a tough time trusting God because you've been hurt in the physical relationships with others, whether it's been by your husband, your wife, whether by your mom, your dad, your friend, your aunt, your uncle, whatever, you've been hurt. And in your hurt of being rejected or being broken of your trust, you now have taken that into your relationship with God. And that relationship with God is now at a distance. And you keep God at a distance because, God, I can only trust you so far because he or she hurt me. And, God, of all things, you're not going to hurt me. One of the things I did love about COVID when we started coming back to church, one of the things I did love about it is that when we put those social distancing stickers up, and please understand when I say this, when we put the social distancing stickers up, it was cool because we had waving, we had fist bump, we had all the different kind of things that we had, but then the one I loved, obviously, was hugger. And you know, have you ever air hugged somebody? Hey, I love you. Over Ooh. Hey, whoa, you feel good. Man, you're strong. Oh. You didn't feel that embrace. But you know what I loved? When I saw that sticker pad that you were a hugger, man, it felt good to be able to hug. And when a hug means... A, an embrace of safety, security, of satisfaction of knowing that you're loved and appreciated. You know what God does? God doesn't want an air hug, and your air hug is when you keep God at a distance. And that's what happens in your relationship. You're reaching out for God, and all you're getting is an air hug because you're not letting God in because you don't trust him enough. So a lot of times you come up empty-handed and you don't feel the strength and the power and the awesomeness of God because you're air-hugging instead of embracing God the way he wants you to.
and the way he wants to do in your life. And the reason why is because you may not trust. Trust. I love this one. Life has a lot of twists and turns. How many know that's true? Man, when I was on that roller coaster, up, down, all around, sideways, I mean to tell you, man, I, whew, I was so glad when I started, especially when it was over. How many of you ever done this before, right? When you start out on a roller coaster, you put your arms up. It does two things. shows that you're brave and it airs all your armpits, right? <laughs> so you got your arms up like this, right? And so you start out, you got them up, and you're climbing the hill, you're climbing the hill, and then all of a sudden you hit that drop, your hands go from here to there. But then when you start feeling comfortable and you're going down the slope, you put your hands up, feel like you're brave, right? And you know, in life what happens is, but there's a lot of twists and there's a lot of turns. There's a lot of twists and a lot of turns in your life that sometimes you want to grab back onto the steering wheel and take control of your own self. You want to start driving the car your own way. Whereas a sign, and when you lift your hand, is a sign of surrender to get the victory in your life. It's a sign of surrender saying, God, I trust you. But a lot of times when things don't go the way they are supposed to go and the way you want them to go and the way that you're anticipating them to go, what we do is we go from here to here. Carrie Underwood used to sing the song, Jesus, take the wheel. And what that means is, God, I trust you enough that you're the driver and I'm going to be the backseat driver and zip it while you're driving. Amen? But he goes on to say, watch this. He says, life is like a lot of twists, ups and downs, speed bumps, and even red lights, green lights. Amen? You ever play that game, red light, green light before? Man, I play that with my grandkids. It's a makeup game. But you start all over here. And say this is the starting line, right? And what you have, you have one person that is the caller of the red light, green light. And the object is, is when they say green light, you run as fast as you can. And as soon as they say red light, you got to stop on a dime. And the one who stops on the dime is the one that keeps playing. But the one who, when you try to stop, maybe fumbles around and maybe just kind of makes, makes more moves or makes more uh, motion than the others, they're out of the game. And you go from one to, and all the way down to the last one standing who wins red light, green light. And in your life, what God does is sometimes God says to you, red light, which means to stop, or green light, which means to go. And a lot of times what we don't like is we don't like the red lights. And a lot of times what we like don't like the red lights is because, listen, you're trying to control me, God. You're trying to prohibit me. You're trying to stop me from succeeding or excelling in life. But the red light with God is this, that God knows the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. God knows your future. He knows your ins and outs. He knows your hairs on your head. And he knows the plans for your life. And a lot of times God is saying, red light, stop. And when God yells, stop, you sometimes are blowing the stop signs because you're maybe not trusting God. But even on the other hand, when God says green light, and a lot of times when God says green light, you're like, God, are you sure you want me to go? God will never lead you down a dead end, nor will he ever lead you into an accident. He knows the plans that he has for you, and if he tells you to go green, he has a plan for you, and in that plan, he wants to know, are you going to trust me? We don't like the red lights, and sometimes we don't like the green lights. It's all about trusting God. 
God, I trust you. Listen, the key to every roller coaster ride is this. Isn't this true? You must, number one, trust the brakes. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Boy, those bad boys better work. Amen? We got on a ride. It was a water ride. And I kid you not, what happened with this water ride, they can find us. They stopped us. We were stuck in a car. I'm going to tell you, and in this thing, it was like this. You're in this, this, this car, and everybody outside of the ride has squirt guns to squirt you. And I mean to tell you, we weren't moving. We were stuck. The, 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 the ride broke down. So it was my five kids and my, my grandkids and my wife. And here we are. We're stuck. And then being stuck, guess what? Everyone on the outside was taking his guns. We got off that ride, we were wet. I mean, and then on top of that, it poured. We got even wetter. And I mean to tell you, I'm like, Lord. And there was something about being confined to that car. I was like, man, this guy's like, I got him. I got to stop it, enough. And then they'd leave and another person come. Like, what's up with that? It was crazy. But you have to trust the brakes. Another one is this, the straps to hold you in. Like I said, the kids, man, they would make sure they, would, they measured the right size so that the straps would hold them. But here's another one. Every time I got on the ride, I kid you not, you have to trust the person who's running the ride. I'd get on that ride, and I'd look right at him, Tamara. Don't you dare mess up, Tamara. I want to come back safe. How many of you ever said that when you get on a ride? Come on, a bunch of sinners in this place today. You know you all said it. Man, so I'm, I'm like, Lord, I, I, I got to get back safe. So I always make sure I want to see this person when I get back. Right? You got to trust the person who's driving or running the roller coaster. It's the same way with God. You have to trust him. Know that he has everything under control. But in Proverbs chapter 3, many of you can quote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's really easy. Trust in the Lord with all the heart and lean unto your own understandings. But in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. That's the meat. Amen? That's the meat. You know what? Proverbs 1 through 12, there's two slices of bread. Man, the verses 1 through 4 is the first part of the bread or the sandwich. And then verses 7 through 12 is the second slice of the bread. And I don't know about you, but how many of you ever remember the Wendy's commercial? Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Remember about the beef? Where's the beef? That old lady, where's the beef? Right? Remember that commercial? He showed that little little 50 cent hamburger. Where's the beef? Now Arby's got their commercial out. We have the meats. <laughs> right? We have the meats. Right? I don't know about you, but man, when I make a sandwich, I want a sandwich. Right? I don't want this one piece of turkey on there. I look like a turkey trying to eat a turkey sandwich with one piece of, right? I want the meat. And in Proverbs, here's what happens. He says this, watch this. My son, if you have your Bible where it says, son, put your name there. God is a personal God. He's an intimate God. He's an intimate God who loves you. He knows you by name. He created you fearfully and wonderfully in your mother's womb. He knows you. So he calls you his son or his daughter. So put your name there, my son. Now watch what he says. Do not forget my teachings, but keep my commands in your heart. Now hold on to that. Do not forget my teachings. Verse 2, he goes on to say this, for they will produce or prolong your life many years and bring peace and prosperity to you. 
I think I'm going to like this. How many of you know the Bible says, do not worry? Because worry adds to your life. It takes away from your life. The Bible says, do not take care of the sparrows. Are the sparrows not more valuable? And then you are not more valuable than the sparrows. Have you ever thought about this? And Walt, you guys are are farmers. You know the sparrows are nuisance birds. They're not really pretty birds. And If you're an animal activist, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to talk about them. They're They're beautiful birds, right? They're beautiful. But you know what? They're not the most uh, beautiful as birds. They're not like a cardinal or a blue jay. But what God is saying, look, if I'm concerned for the sparrows, am I not concerned for you? Am I not more concerned about you? I have everything under control. If you would just trust me, you would prolong your life instead of decreasing your life by being a worry wart. Now watch this. Verse 3. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. In other words, why of your heart? Because out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth is going to speak. So your heart speaks what's inside of you. Your heart is the container of your words, your thoughts, and your emotions. So what you put inside of you is also going to come out of you. So now watch this, verse 4. He said, then, watch this now, then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. If you have your Bibles where it says favor, put Luke 2.52 there. You know what favor means? Favor means handfuls on purpose, unmerited blessings, things that man, that sometimes we take for granted that happen in your life, that God blesses us, that's called favor. Things that you're least expecting, things that you're, man, unexpected. I'm going to tell you real, real quickly, I'm, just, I'm a transparent person. You know, obviously you see that we went to all these different amusement parks and all these different things, and it cost us money, really, really did. But we saved for that. So I want you to tell you, we didn't put on our credit cards and put ourselves in the debt. But you know what? Man, I was in the coffee shop. I'm just being very transparent. Unexpectedly, unexpectedly, man, an individual came up to me and said, Pastor, my wife and I have been praying for you, and we feel bad for you. I said, why is that? They said, because, man, we've seen that you obviously had to spend a lot of money when you went to Branson to buy all these things. They said, we want to contribute to your kid fund. I said, oh, really? He handed me a $100 bill today. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, man. That is favor. And that's what I'm talking about, Michael. That's what I'm, Michael, Michael. That's what I'm talking about, Aaron. God says he will give you favor. Unmerited, unexpected things will happen in your life. If you remain faithful and trust God, he will always come through in the end. We have an on-time God. He's never too late, never too early. He's always on time. Somebody say amen. Now watch this. He goes on to say now, verse 5. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean unto your own understanding, your own ways, your own knowledge. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. How many know that verse? You remember that verse? Probably got it all remembered and you can recite that. But oh, verse 7, watch this. Do not be wise in your own eyes, your own understanding. Try to work it out. How many of you know that the things that you try to work out, it usually never happens the way you work it out anyways? You have this anticipation about this party, and you prepare for this party. You think that person's coming, and this person's coming, and it never works out. And then what happens, you have all these expectations, and because they didn't happen, what happens, you get upset, you get down, you get discouraged, you get defeated, because your expectations were let down. What you conjured up 
But faith means, God, I'm going to trust you. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Now, fear is not going to God trembling. What he means is, God, I respect you. I walk in all of you. I mean, I, I honor you, God. I love you. I serve you. That's why Hebrews says, I come boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and help in your time of need. Hebrews 4, 14, 15, and 16. That we have someone who's able to sympathize with us in our time of need, weakness. So he says, come boldly with honor and respect of knowing who you are, the great I am. That's what he's talking about. He says, now watch this, verse 8. He says, this will bring health to your body. And nourishment to your bones. Wow. That, you see what it says? If you, if you just trust me, if you believe in me, health to your body and nourishment to your bones. You see, a lot of times what we do, you know what, to keep health, we got to spend our, our, we gain wealth. Once we gain our wealth, then we spend our, health, our wealth to gain our health. So we gain all this wealth, to, to, you know, and then we spend our wealth to gain our health. But when, what happens is we trust God first, that, God, you're going to keep me in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on me. But then he goes on to say, watch this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops. It's a challenge. Then your barns will be filled and overflowing, and your vats will fill, your brim will overflow with new wine. Now, check that out. It's a challenge. It's an obligation. It's a step. It's an action step. I'm going to see if you love me. A lot of times what happens, God gets to our pocketbook. He's got to your heart. And so he wants to say, I want to test you and see. But then he goes on to say, watch this. In verse 11, my son, put your name there, do not despise the Lord's discipline. Do not resent his rebuke. In other words, how many ever had to discipline your children? Aren't we his children? After all, doesn't the Bible call us? He's our Abba Father. We are his children. We are his people. Sometimes he has to discipline us to correct us to keep us on the right track. But then watch this. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the son, he delights in. So sometimes God disciplines us because he loves us and he wants to see us prosper. I love this. In verses 1 and 2, if you notice, it said, do not forget my teachings and my commands and my ways. Do not forget my teachings. His word, his word is established forever. God's word will not be moved. In Matthew 24, verse 45, watch what it says. In Matthew 24, verse 45, he says these words, heaven and earth shall pass away. Now watch that. It's inevitable. One day, man, we're going to be caught up in the air with Jesus but watch what he says. But my words, my words will never pass away. God's words is established forever. It's not shaken. It's not moved. It's not corrected by all the circumstances and situations that are going on in our world right now. God's word stands forever. It is not moved by man or circumstances or pressures. God is not moved or dictated by all the things that are going on in our lives. He stands on his word. His word is our compass. It's our atlas. It will not, it shall not be moved. It will always point us due north. It will always point us down the path of righteousness if we remain steadfast in his word. So listen, trust God. Trust his word. Trust his word. Can I ask you a question? Why is it, Rick, so easy for us to believe people 
who we may not even know or maybe just have an acquaintance with, and we believe everything they say, and we take it as gospel. But when it comes to God's word, why can't we believe it? And I've learned this through the years, of 40 years of ministry. You know why we can't believe it? It's because we can't control it. We can't do what we want to do. We can't correct it. We can't make it do what we want it or twist its arm. God's word is established forever. So it's hard for us sometimes to take the, the criticism or the discipline or the rebuke from God's word. As long as the blessings always are there, we love it. But if it brings any discipline or correction or rebuke, man, that's not for me. It's for him. It's for her. Trust God in his word. Now watch this. Trust God. Go back to that. Trust God in his promises. His promises. What is God's promise to you? His promise is yes and amen. But look at this. And don't be shaken. You know what this world is trying to do right now? He wants to shake us off point A with God's word. He wants to bring confusion. He wants to bring doubt. He wants to bring fear. He wants to bring worry into our lives and get us off course with God's word. God's word is established forever. You've got to avoid the noise and hear God's word. Listen to God's word. Trust God's word. Know that God's word has got the right things for you. I love this. Peace and prosperity comes when we are rooted in trusting in God's word and the character of God. Now, what do you mean by that, Pastor? The character of God. Here's God's character. God's character, number one, is he forgives you, he loves you, he accepts you, he doesn't criticize you or condemn you. But here's the great thing about God's word. His character, his character is that he, Mary, cannot lie. God cannot lie to you. Otherwise, it's going against his word. God's word is established forever. He will not lie to you. And how many of you have ever been hurt by a lie? False accusations and things that said to you, it hurts. But God's word will never lie to you. He cannot. Otherwise, it goes against his character. It goes against who he is. And if God says he loves you, then you need to seal that in your heart and believe it as what it says. I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to doubt it. I'm not going to worry about it because I'm going to receive it. God loves me. And if God's word said he forgives you, then you need to accept that and receive his forgiveness, and you need to forgive yourself. God's word said it. He will not lie to you. Man, God keeps to his promise, and this is his character. In Psalms 46, verse 10 and 11, many of you know verse 10. He says this. He says, be still. And being still means, man, I'm going to trust you. I don't understand, God. I, I, things are, man, chaos are all around me. But God, you're saying be still. You know why God says be still? God says be still this, number one, to hear my voice. I want you to be still to hear my voice. Number two, I want you to be still because if you're being still, that means you're not moving. And if you're not moving, you're not trying to take things in control on your own strength. Just be still. Just wait in my presence. They that wait upon the Lord, what does he say? He will renew their strength. Amen? To be still and know that he is God. But then what's this? And know that I am God. You know why he says that? 
Because there's no greater thing than God. No weapon could come against God. No, nothing can defeat God. Every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That our God is in control. He's never lost a battle, nor will he ever lose a battle in your life. You just need to be still and let God work it out for you. And in working it out for you means that, God, I'm going to trust you even if it hurts. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you. Quit taking into your relationship with God, your scars, your pains, your past. Quit taking that into your relationship with God because God doesn't remember it. And every time you bring that into your relationship with God, God says, what's that? What do you, what, what's that? That's baggage. That's gone. I don't, I don't remember that. And so many times we bring that into our relationship. God says, just come as you are. Just trust me. But then watch this. He says, be still and know I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Now, verse 11, check this out. The Lord Almighty is with us. He's with you. And if God is for you, who then can be against you? Who can be against you? And if God says, that I'll fight the battle, the battle is not yours, it's mine, then if God's in the middle of your situation, guess what? You're going to come out in the end the winner. Quit trying to take things into your own hand and trust God. God, I don't understand it, but that's what faith is. It's a substance of things unseen, but things hoped for. God, I'm going to trust you. I don't understand what's going on in our world right now. Our world is in such chaos. Man, all kinds of things here, there, and everywhere you go. Man, as a pastor, I get flooded all day, all night, all long. I have to shut my phone off now. Really, seriously. At night, I shut my phone off at 1 o'clock at night. You know why? Because I get dings and I get this, I get that. All through the night. This is that, no kidding. And people are all caught up with all this fear, all this worry. Be still and know that he's God. Trust him. Be anchored on his word. God's word will never be shaken. It's established. Trust him. Then he goes on to say this. Watch this. Don't let everything around you get you off track with God, his word, and his promise. Some of you have been derailed, and you're going down the wrong track. And that's the plan of the enemy. It is so much the plan of the enemy pastor. We have a pastor from where are you from? Arkansas. Yee-haw! How about them calls? The hogs, right? Or however you do it. Suey. That's it. That's it. That's it. Suey. Pastor from Suey. Suey land, Arkansas. What Arkansas seat? New Jersey. A lot of times what happens is we get derailed. You got to, don't let the noise around you get you off track with God and his promises. Be still means listen to his voice and not the world. Learn to avoid the noise. Learn to avoid the noise. What noise is ringing in your spirit right now that is distracting you from receiving the fullness of God? What noise in your life is distracting you what noise in your life is pulling you away from God, bringing confusion, bringing disorder in your life, making you feel worried, fearful, doubting, all these things? 
That's not the voice of God. That's absolutely contrary to God. God brings peace that passes all understanding. So if your spirit is all walking in confusion, you have to examine that and say, listen, that's not God. God doesn't speak in riddles, rhymes, and these things. God speaks black and white in truth. And when he speaks truth, it brings peace to my spirit of knowing that everything is going to be okay. Some of us are walking in storms of life. I love what it says in John chapter 16, verses 32 and 33. Tell me, Rhonda, is this not exactly what we're going through in our life right now? Is this not exactly what is happening right now in our life? Watch this. A time is coming, and in fact has come. I mean, you know, this time has come. Watch this. When you will be scattered. Wow. Have we not gone through a season of being scattered? Wow. I mean, to tell you, Matt, over this last year, it has been a season that we have been scattered. Watch this. Each to our own home. Have we not been in that season? And what I love about the Word of God, God forewarns us, He tells us, He never blindsides us, He makes us aware that these things are going to happen, that this is going to take place. So I'm here to tell you, the Bible says, don't be surprised by these things that are happening around us. God forewarned us that we're going to be scattered and each go to his own home. I don't know about you, but I was going stir crazy when I was cooped up in my house. Price's right was getting boring. But you know why? What Jesus is saying, being scattered. Because the enemy doesn't fight fair when there's strength in numbers. And if he can scatter the church and if he can scatter God's people, guess what? You against the enemy is not a fair fight because when the enemy comes against you, he don't come alone. He comes with legions. He comes with many. And you know that 10 against 1 is not a fair fight. And you know how the enemy fights? He doesn't fight with you with fists and guns and mortar and all these things. You know how he fights? He fights up here. You're never going to make it. You're doomed. You're not going to have enough toilet paper. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Man, every place you go, the toilet paper was sold out. Some of you got a semi packed behind your truck or your house. You're auctioning off toilet paper. But you get my point? You're never going to make it. You're all alone. You're defeated. You're going to be going down. You'll never make it financially. You're going to lose your job. That's how the enemy fights. And a lot of you are like the, bait, the fish. You bit the bait. And not only did you bit the bait, but you got reeled in. And you fought and fought to a point that you get tired like a fish gets tired. I, I took my marlin. It took me 45 minutes to catch my marlin to bring them in, and my arms were dead tired. But that fish gave up a good fight. And once we brought them in, man, it was mine. And that's what the enemy loves to do. He wants you to bite the bait. I got to move on because I got to get there. And he goes on to say this stuff. You live your home alone but my, for my Father is in me. Watch this. I have told you these things. So God didn't just make you walk into an ambush. God was trying to look out for you. 
That's the God that we can trust. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Peace of knowing that it's going to be okay. Stephanie, it's going to be okay. I've told you these things. Do you believe me? Come on, do you believe me? Why do we come to church? Why do we read the word? Why do we do these things? If you're not going to believe it. You believe everything else, but you can't believe the word of God. The word has been tested over 2,000 years ago, and everyone that's tried to dissect and take apart the word of God, guess what? They've been defeated, and they prove that it's right. It's true. It's not shaken. It's not removed. It's not moved. And you can't defeat the word. You want peace in your life? Watch what he says. You will have peace in this world. You will have trouble. I'm here to tell you we're in a sinful world. And the devil is like a lion roaming to and fro, looking for whom he may devour. And it may be you. It was maybe Charlie and Bill. The enemy tried to burn down their house, which he did, and tried to take everything from them. It was almost like a Job situation. But God has blessed them 160, 30 fold because they remain faithful. The word, you gotta have the word, you gotta have the word, you gotta have the word. Stop listening to the wrong voices. Wrong voices make wrong choices. Man, get it in your heart. And watch what he says. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Be encouraged. The opposite of encourage is discouraged. The enemy wants you to be discouraged, and when you get discouraged, you quit. You stop believing, you stop expecting, you stop receiving. That's the ploy of the enemy. Have you ever said this before? Oh, I tried this God thing. It doesn't work for me. So you throw it out. The baby with the bathwater. But it's real. You're your pastor today. Why do you think David said, Thy word have I hidden, have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God? You know what? Sinning against God is doubting against God. It's doubting his word. It's questioning him. How many of you have ever been questioned by your kids? Why, mom? Why, dad? Because. Why, mom? Why, dad? Because. Why, mom? Why, dad? Because. And you're pulling your hair out. We do that with God. We question his word. And we try to form it to fit our situation. When God's word is established forever. Trust him. I got to move on. Peace comes by trusting and knowing that God is in control when things seem out of control. When I was on that roller coaster, halfway through that roller coaster, I thought I was going to lose my life. I kid you not. I was acting big and bad to my grandkids, but inside I was like, get me off this thing. It was out of control, the loops and the turns and the circles. My stomach was like, yep, I'm going to see it tomorrow, right? But you know what? When we pulled into the station after it was over, Papa, did you like it? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> but in the middle of that ride, it felt like it was out of control. Sometimes, sometimes, please hear your pastor. Sometimes, Greg, Life is going to seem out of control. It's going to seem that way, Rick. 
your health situation and what you've been going through, it may seem like it's out of control, but God knows everything and he's never lost control. You just trust. God, I'm going to trust you. Walt, I don't understand about the cows sometimes, but God, why, if the cows aren't milking the way they are, God, why? Have you ever said that before? Tamara, at your job, why is all this persecution coming in and these employers, I'm not saying it's happening, these employers are arguing and going at it. What is all this about? Whatever fire is going on in your life, you don't think that God knows? He not only knows, but he wants to see how you're going to trust him through the storm. I, I, I got to move on. Trusting God is hard times. Watch this. I'll close with this, I promise. I'll use it for next week. But I got I to gotta give this to you. I call this Proverbs 3, verse 1. Don't forget my teachings. You notice what he said, don't forget my teachings. He said, don't forget my teachings. There's a purpose of that. Number one is this. Don't forget that I am with you. Whenever you feel that you're all alone, that's when you're not. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't forget that I am the same God yesterday, today, and forever, and I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am the great I am. He was with Moses. He's with you. And when Moses stood before Pharaoh, Pharaoh said, who sent you? He said, I am who I am sent me. God with the fire by night and the cloud by day. He's your fire by night and your cloud by day. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. God will guide you, direct you, and protect you if you always remember to keep him before you that God is making a way where there seems to be no way. Another one, don't forget that he's fighting for you. God's fighting for you. Daniel, 21 days of prayer. Where were you, God, when I was in this place, in this pit of my life? When the angel came to Daniel, he said, I, I heard you the first day you prayed. I heard you the first day that you prayed. I heard you that, man, I, but I was fighting off all Michael and all those things that were coming against you. And it took me 21 days, but Daniel didn't quit. God was fighting for you. He's fighting for you, Gina. He's fighting for you. He's making a way. Just trust. God, I, I, I trust you. I, I trust you, Robin. Mother Teresa, I don't know what this means, but I'm going to just be obedient and be, give it the word. God says it's coming together. That which you think is falling apart, God's putting back together. God's going to take the stony heart and give it a heart of flesh again. Right now that he's in a season, it's like the prodigal son. Whatever this means, you know what it means. It's like the prodigal son. He has to go, go through these seasons, go through these situations. God's going to take that heart of stone and bring him a heart of flesh, and he's going to mend and repair that which the enemy's intended for bad. You take that for whatever that's worth. I, ooh, I, phew, I feel that strong. Amen. Whoa. Well, let me pray over you. Amen. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for today. Speak, Lord God. Give us Mickey Mouse ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. I pray that this church will be a lighthouse, a beacon to the community and the surrounding areas, that God, people will know, sense, and feel that the Spirit of God lives in this place. And I pray that we as a congregation will rise up 
and become all that you want us to be for your glory and for your honor. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If this message has encouraged you in any way, please consider giving to Adventure Church to help continue this ministry. Giving is safe and easy through our website at www.adventurechurchsiren.com. Thank you for your generous support.